This is Money Matters Unmasked, a podcast focused on the invisible side of the businesses. Here, we explore payment workflows, financing, the future of fintech, and much, much more with the industry leaders and entrepreneurs across diverse fields. So if you want to learn more about the invisible hand keeping most of the businesses intact, you are at the right place. And today as a guest speaker, we have Brian McLaren the CEO at Zone Properties. And in this episode, we're going to talk about choosing a very, very specific niche within the industry, sticking to it, what are the upsides, what are the downsides. And of course, as usually, we're going to talk about the financial aspect of digging down into a niche. So Brian, let's kick it off easily. Just tell us briefly about yourself and about Zone Properties. Yeah, thank you so much, man, for having me and having Zoned on, on the pod here. Um, excited to talk about all things real estate, development, finance, and of course, our focus today is the regulated and legalized cannabis industry. So uh, yeah, quick quick overview about our company and then you know wherever we want to go with this. So Zoned Properties is our company. We're based in Scottsdale, Arizona. We've been operating for about 10 years. Uh, we're mm-hmm. a, a very niche specialty focused real estate development firm. So what we do is we specialize in the highly complex development process around approvals, zoning, permitting, and really how you find and deliver a successful real estate project in a Mm -hmm. complex and emerging industry like regulated cannabis. And so the two main things we do related to that, we have a services area of our company. That's one half of our company where we do advisory consultation. We have Mm -hmm. a full commercial brokerage. We utilize quite a bit of property technology. And so we provide those real estate services nationwide to third-party clients, property owners, cannabis companies, anyone that needs to find, develop, and operate a piece of real estate. And then the other side of our company is a investment portfolio. So we do look at acquisitions. And in that process, we're we're finding, we're underwriting, we're doing financial analysis on, we're raising capital, and we're acquiring real estate in that regulated industry to be leased to cannabis operating tenants. Mm-hmm. Understood. Well, in that case, first of all, things were concise, but very, very uh, useful background on both those subjects. Uh, let's let's dive into this uh, niche topic. You know, uh, legal cannabis was, I mean, still is a big discussion topic across a lot of states in the U.S. Uh, why do you pick that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So so maybe a little background about myself will help with this. <clears throat> um, so prior to kind of the past 10 years working in real estate and regulated cannabis, you know, my passion as an individual and professional is sustainable development and community development. So I spent many years in graduate school and many years in my early career working on this problem of, of really how do we build and create communities that allow for greater prosperity for everyone that lives in that community? I mean, as simply as, as that is, you know, how do we make decisions that benefit most of us the best possible? And a lot of that has to do with how we organize our communities. So master planning, zoning, and how we build those communities, real estate development. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that, 
kind of those years I was working on these, these various projects, whether it was very large, you know, zero waste or upcycling initiatives mm -hmm. I worked on, you know, very large university campuses, trying to figure out how to, to build zero waste systems um, or even, you know, renewable energy installations in local communities at the, at the core of that mission, of course, you need to understand the financing, you need to understand the system, the permitting, the engineering, you know, you need to have an understanding of all those things. But at the end of the day, what really matters is the human to human conversations, which is why I love getting on these podcasts. And again, thanks for having us. Because you have to get creative in anything that is emerging. So whether it's mm -hmm. renewable energy decades ago or legalized cannabis today, it usually comes down to a conversation at the local community, whether that's in a board of trustees meeting, a city council meeting, and specific to cannabis, there's a lot of similarity to sustainability and sustainable development, a very grassroots movement. So decades and decades of local people advocating for changes to laws, changes to how we do things in our communities. You know, let's let's stop locking people up for utilizing cannabis that we're finding is a very useful medicine, let alone a, yeah. a, a safe recreational product. You know, many believe that. Um, let's put this to work and make our communities better. So really that's where the, the origin story of zoned properties came from. A lot of the same, you know, strategies and skill sets that were required in what I was doing beforehand and it's very clear, um, this will be probably a good transition in the conversation for anyone in the audience that is not familiar with regulated cannabis or how, how that's worked in, in the United States at least. Um, but it's the real estate specifically is one of the single most important pieces of the industry. So very similar to you know, legalized casinos, um, sports books, any of these specialty real estate uses typically are governed at the local level. And so mm -hmm. yep. what that means is in the, in the U S at least there are about 40,000 different localities across the 50 States. Oh, wow. And so those are cities, counties, villages, townships, every single one of those different jurisdictions has different, rules that regulate where things can go and how they can operate when it comes to real estate. Um, and so the cannabis industry, what's occurred after decades and decades of, of kind of advocacy and legalization, you know, as of today, you know, July, 2023, we have a majority of the states in the U S obviously Canada has legalized as a country. Mexico is on the way to legalizing many nations in the, you know, in the world are, are looking to legalize and reform. But in the U.S., it's still federally illegal, though we anticipate reform at the federal level coming soon. Um, but because of that, what's happened is state by state, you know, starting with Arizona, California, Washington, Oregon, you know, moving across the country over the years, over the past 20 years, we're now at roughly 20 states that have legalized adult use recreational cannabis and 38 states that have legalized some form of medical cannabis. Mm -hmm. in, in addition to all but six, I believe it is, 
have decriminalized. And so each state did it in their own way, which means each state has different regulations, different laws. That regulatory process trickles down to those 40,000 localities. And ultimately what that means is if you want to open a cannabis business, you need to find a piece of property. You need to get the appropriate approvals, raise your capital and develop that site. And so that's what our company specializes in nationally is helping people find sites that have the right zoning and permitting qualifications and assisting them in, in raising the capital, all of the puzzle pieces that go to developing a retail dispensary or a large agricultural cultivation site or a production facility. Those are the three primary asset classes in the cannabis real estate industry. Mm -hmm. Well, now that we're speaking of capital, <clears throat> let's talk about capital and finance in general and just dive into the main subject of the entire podcast, which is you know, finance and specifically issues when it comes to financial transactions, organizing those payment workflows. For you personally, when you're working with your clients, what is the main issue that you see across the field in the cannabis field, pun unintended? <laughs> but yeah, exactly. uh, what is that general issue that you see there? The biggest one today by far is around the regulatory structure. So mm -hmm. now that we've gone through kind of the high level background of cannabis, how it works in, in the US, one of that situation creates many conflicts. Those conflicts can come down to insurance, how you raise capital and place debt on a property. It can come, to, come down to bank, bank financial, so deposits, what banks can actually work with you, these these conflicts exist because it, as we mentioned that the federal level cannabis is still technically illegal and so raising capital is by far the biggest challenge for real estate development the the standard process whether you're in multifamily you're buying a house you're you're developing a commercial you know short term rental your typical process of okay I'm going to go to my bank and fill out a loan application and you know, today, again, of course, July 2023, the banking and the lending rate environment is all over the place. But what makes it even more challenging for cannabis is the vast majority of banks and lenders will not touch cannabis, even though it is legal and regulated in the majority of states, they mm -hmm. still can't touch it because of the federal conflict. Makes sense. So what, so what makes it real, real quick on that last point, Constantine, the, the challenge there is because that doesn't exist, it is possible, but it's rare. What that means is you have to get creative with how you raise money and how mm -hmm. you do financing. It means, right. it means a lot of private lender financing, a lot of creative deed of trust financing where you're doing a private transaction and putting a lien on the property. It means juggling different types of financing all at once, maybe a construction bridge loan that you're going to refinance and put permanent debt on once the property is fi finished and delivered. Or maybe you have to include, you know, limited partners in a, in a syndicated, you know, equity raise. You have to get very creative when you're looking at acquiring and developing cannabis real estate. Tons and tons and tons of options there. If I did not have a background in finance, I would not understand a single word of that. Uh, <laughs> so I'm glad I have that said background, but let's let's not dive that deep into the subject of raising finances in general. Um, let's talk about the overall 
procedure of running business. Let's say that you've raised the finance parts, you have the funds, the construction is on, is built, the business is there now. What is the next issue that the business owner as someone who operates the business can expect when it comes to finance? Because again, a lot of banks will not even touch um, processing transactions for a business that has anything to do with cannabis. Right. So, so the good news is when it comes to actually ongoing management and operations of the business, from a bank financing perspective or a bank accounting perspective, a large number of local and regional banks will bank cannabis. So I believe there are now close to 600 different local credit unions, regional wow. banks in the country that will bank cannabis. So we've made a huge amount of progress you know, from the past 20 years. But the biggest challenge I think about running the business, so let's assume you can get the appropriate bank relationship. Even if they won't mm -hmm. lend you money, you can have deposits, you can have checking accounts. You know, that's happening more and more today. Two of two of the biggest operational challenges is one, just making sure you're running a great business. So mm -hmm. business is challenging enough, but you add on all this extra regulatory and compliance, yeah. licensing, everything is, you know, 10, 20% more expensive across every category you know, staffing is more difficult. Retaining staff is more difficult. Yikes. You're likely paying, you know, higher rent or higher debt payments because of the industry you're in. So first and foremost is just having a, a good brain trust of your team that understands finance, understands the difference between cash accounting, accrual accounting. And that leads into the second most challenging thing in cannabis which is taxes. Mm -hmm. And that, that comes back to this federal conflict without going too deep in the weeds here. There is a provision of the, of the federal tax code called 280E, E as an echo, that basically outlines paying taxes to the federal government in a federally illegal industry. Say we could spend a whole you know session talking about that, but the, the short version is it means lots of taxes and mm -hmm. so you need to plan for that in your cash position, in your in your accounting. Um, a lot of the states require every operator to submit annual or biannual financial auditing, even if you're private. So there are, you know, there's a significant number of challenges that just make everything more difficult. But here's the great news. It is a, a high risk, but also very high reward industry. Mm -hmm. so, no matter how challenging it is, no matter how expensive the capital and the financing, at the end of the day, what we are seeing is an exploding consumer demand industry. We are seeing a, a in the United States at least, the numbers I'm most familiar with, we currently sit somewhere in the ballpark of 30 billion with a B in annual sales. So mm -hmm. just consumer buying, but when you look at a kind of gross economic impact, and that's, you know, today in 2023, the projections of gross sales are probably closer to 50, 60 billion over the next decade. When you look at gross economic impact, so, you know, everything direct and indirect about the industry, most projections and analysts have the U.S. regulated cannabis, medical and adult use together basically in line, if not eclipsing big alcohol. So 
tre- oh, wow. tremendous opportunity, you know, major consumer growth, you know, majority, most of the polls now, if you were kind of any, any of the general polls, whether it's, you know, political party specific or, or local polling, all the ones I've seen recently, I actually can't think of a single poll. There may be one out there. <laughs> I can't. I can't recall a poll that had, you know, anywhere near a majority against cannabis. Usually, mm-hmm. seventy to eighty percent of voters in the U.S. favor the legalization and regulation of cannabis, and many are becoming consumers all the time. So, that's the reward. You're we are in the middle of a once in a generation emerging industry. And if you have the right team and you have the right understanding, you know, the right, the right piece of property, uh, the right financing, you can do very, very well in this industry. True. Speaking of doing really, really well, one of the issues that you've mentioned, uh, well, running a cannabis related business is a larger staff turnover why do you think that's the case is it just uh, specific to the industry because i don't know i cannot think of a single potential explanation <laughs> but why do you think the turnover is higher in this specific industry yeah i mean i think the industry faces all the challenges of today of any industry so you know of course work from home back to work in the office so cannabis is a, a very know consumer facing industry so you have you have large-scale manufacturing and production and then you know lots of retail consumer facing storefronts there's about Mm -hmm. around nine thousand in the country today um and so that just in any industry will cause turnover of general markets but specific to cannabis i think what happens is you know and i'm by no means am i a you know human resources expert here but what we (laughs) were What we hear from our clients that are, you know, growing their businesses and standing up new stores and, you know, some of our clients have, have companies of, you know, several hundred to a thousand employees. Um, It is a very, it's just a tough industry. You need to understand the extra complexity at any kind of mid to higher level of management that causes concern. You know, there are lots of states that have, uh, for example, one issue is gun gun ownership. So there are many states that require all employees of a cannabis company to get what's called a cannabis agent license, you know, mm-hmm. like getting a, a real estate license or a fingerprint card. Right. And, and there, because of, again, the federal laws and many state laws say that you cannot own a firearm or have a certified firearm while working in the industry or having that. Oh, yikes. So that you know, one example of just an additional employee challenge. So many times what can happen depending on the size of the company is those things are discovered and then the employee has to exit. But um, also just a, a challenge. I think a lot of people are very intrigued by the cannabis industry. A lot of potential employees, you know, have a, a, a very optimistic view of what it's going to be like to work in the industry. And it, it is very fun. It is very, you know, I'm very passionate. I think a lot of people in the industry really enjoy what they do. Mm-hmm. Several hundred thousand people work in the industry, but it is very difficult. So you get hired, you get in there and it's like, wow, this is great. But it's also, you know, double, triple the amount of work I thought it was going to be. That's <laughs> a lot of the times what we hear. Um, yeah. So it, 
that's yes, a good sir. answer. That, that makes a lot of sense, honestly. Uh, any suggestions to the employers and to how to deal with that issue? Because again, you know, this podcast focuses on covering the financial side of all the industries. And the thing that we hear across pretty much all the industries is the issues with employee retention. So that's a common issue. So let's dwell on that just a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I can speak to our company, you know, first and then. Yeah, sure. So so our company, we would be what you would consider a non-plant touching or an ancillary services company. So we Mm -hmm. have, we are specifically in the real estate area. We have no ownership of any, you know, plant touching cannabis companies. We don't distribute, cultivate or sell cannabis. So, you know, we're, we're on in an area that's a little less challenging because we don't have to deal with all those direct complexities of the actual licensed and regulated cannabis companies. But, you know, from my experience, we have, you know, we have about 15 people on our core team. Um, mm-hmm. we, have, we have probably around 40, if you include all of our, you know, engaged contractors, you know, direct vendors and, um, you know, outside part-time contractors. And I think what we discovered and I learned very early on is that in general, employee turnover is very expensive. So if you build the right culture and you align the right incentives, and it's not always financial, the right incentives that motivate different people, and you've built your company system in a way that functions and thrives, you will quickly be able to figure out whether that individual can thrive within the system. And if that individual thriving creates value and allows the company to thrive. So culture, I think, is at the core of that. You know, we we have very strong and deep culture in our company of mutual respect amongst the team, of mm-hmm. a listening culture, of, of service culture. And so I think we've done quite well over the years, you know, because we fail, we fail prospects quickly in a, in a positive way. If it's not a fit, we tell them, <laughs> we don't think this is a fit. We don't think you are going to achieve your goals here. We recommend, mm-hmm. you know, we recommend you look elsewhere. Yeah, uh, that is important. But we spend a lot of time up front on, on, on those items on employee attraction and retention because turnover is so expensive. And I think the, the cannabis companies, the plant touching companies that have done really well, that is definitely the common theme I have observed. A mm-hmm. very strong culture, a very strong reputation. Um, but of course, yeah, it's you have to have those incentives. It's some people, you know, really care about what the what the dollars and cents are on the paycheck, on the bonuses. Some people really yeah. care about autonomy, about can they work from a home office, how do you interact with the team. Um, I think it's one of our, one of our guys, our COO, Barrick, he always says, I love this phrase, make sure your aces are in their places. Make sure your aces are in their places. Yes, this is absolutely correct. And yeah, I mean, it's the team is the cornerstone of pretty much any successful business. And here comes the shameless plugin of our sponsor team because checkbook.io actually helps quite a few teams. Uh, specifically with the contractors, because what Checkbook does, it allows you to pay out outbound payments in a matter of seconds and allows the contractor to deposit that once again within seconds without having to create any accounts. So if you want to increase your employee retention, 
check out checkbook.io, who happens to be a sponsor of this podcast. So I'm 100% biased, but that is beyond the point. <laughs> so on this note, Brian, um, let's move on to the very last question of today's episode, which is um, just one piece of advice that you would like to share with the entire audience who is listening to us right now. And keep in mind that it's mostly business owners who are trying to figure out what to see in the future or what to expect in the future that they might have not heard about before and just generally grow and improve their businesses. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I have two that are kind of connected. One's, one's a little more philosophical and one's a very specific takeaway for anyone listening. So that the, the more kind of philosophical one is to just be kind, be kind to the people you work with and be kind, mostly important to yourself. Mm-hmm. All of us as entrepreneurs, as business owners, you know, you know, once you're inside, it's not a pretty picture, you know, when nope. it, is, it is not only a pretty picture, I should say, it is very challenging. You're going to have up days, down days, you know, find ways to motivate yourself, but be kind, give yourself that flexibility to fail, learn from the failures and move forward. So that's, I think the most critical thing, um, specific takeaway is always ask questions. It is, mm-hmm. One of the most surprising things I've learned in my career, especially in an industry as complex and challenging as cannabis and real estate, is it it is there is no end to how helpful people can be when you ask respectful questions. So if you're if you're working on something, if you're working on your financing, raising capital, developing a property, you know, reach out. The internet's an amazing place. You can find people. Yeah. You can email, you can call, you can connect on LinkedIn, you know, open invitation for anyone listening that's in real estate or in cannabis and wants to talk, you know, we'll, we'll share certainly my information in our company, but we talk to people all the time that never become clients and we just like to share information. So never be afraid to ask the question. I think a lot of the times you'll be surprised how much information you can get back. Absolutely, 100%. And just to back Brian's statement here, uh, on the pre-interview call or just before the interview started, I uh, Brian had his camera on and he has a ton of books behind him. So I have full faith in this man that he does, in <laughs> fact, have a ton of information on the subject matter. So I'll be sure to leave Brian's LinkedIn in the description of this episode. Of course, there is also going to be a link to Zone Properties. Uh, so if you have any additional questions, if you're interested or potentially maybe you want to become a partner of uh, Zone Properties or work with them, reach out. The information is going to be in there. And of course, there is going to be a shameless plug-in of checkbook.io. That's kind of how podcast sponsorship works. You get that. <laughs> so if you want to increase your employee retention or just uh, pay your contractors in a better way, check out the description of this episode. All those links are going to be there. And as always, have a good day.